Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hey community, I know you're as excited as I am to get back into community with everybody else at Mobile Tech Expo. There's no doubt that it's going to be jam-packed. There's a lot of energy moving forward. Everything's open. Everything's ready to go. And there's no doubt that there's going to be a mass amount of people there. You are going to want to be there. And so use discount code PINTS when you go to mobiletechexpo.com and register. Well, let's check in with Sheldon. Sheldon, give us a highlight view of all the cool things that you have coming for Mobile Tech 2022. Well, as you mentioned, it is gearing up to be the best mobile tech ever. Uh, people, you know, we missed last year, so this is going to be the must-attend show. Uh, attendance is looking amazing already. We're pacing perfectly to completely sell out. Uh, the floor plan is almost sold out already. I think we have like four booths left. So if you're a vendor and you're interested, make sure you get in now because it's going to disappear very fast. Uh, we have Thursday welcome back party, the Thursday education, Friday community night, Friday, Saturday show. We have so many things going on. Um, the most education ever stuff going on Friday and Saturday during the show on floor education as well. The pints and polishing podcast on the floor. I, it's going to be you can't miss this event. I uh, can't wait to see everyone there back together again. No doubt, Sheldon, man. Thanks so much for uh, letting all the community know what's happening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Right. See you. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me at HyperCleanMarshall on Instagram. Best way to get in touch, though, go to HyperClean Specialist on Facebook or shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub. I am jiving into Stone. Stone Brewery. I think they're out of California, if I'm not uh, mistaken. They seem to be one of the major front runners, I think, in the craft brew space. They're a craft brewery that is shipped massively across the country is one of the biggest that I know of. And uh, they had a little variety pack of IPAs. And so I'm going to be sipping on a couple of those. This one is the hazy IPA. Uh, they call it an amazingly hazy IPA. It's a 6.7 alcohol by volume, and it does have a nice citrus with uh, quite a bit of haze to the, uh, the look. Dustin, I know it's a sad day for you. The last of one of your favorite beers. What are you drinking? It is, you know, back with the uh, Brew Bus Brewing, Brewing out of Tampa. You're my boy, Blue. Uh, good news is we'll be in Florida in uh, less than two months, so I'll get to restock. And uh, So I'll you're going to drive? Uh, I'm thinking about driving. I, I don't know. It's still in the air. I might fly down. We've got good flights out of here uh, straight into Orlando, but we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. And I've got some family in Florida, so I might just take a take a week off and go enjoy myself. Yeah. And more specifically, you're talking about Mobile Tech Expo, and we are excited as well. Back up on stage. I know. We, we started in 2019, 2020 was fun. You know, the debacle of the, uh, as uh, the first of the great pullout of 2021 started with Mobile Tech 2021 Orlando. 
And as association and groups began to pull away, it created a massive issue. But we are excited to be there for 2022. Listen, the the type of episodes we're going to do, the people that are going to be on stage, it is, as uh, Alex from the Detailing Solutions uh, mentioned, he wanted to grab his popcorn and a chair and just enjoy the whole day with the different episodes that we're going to have. Looking forward to everybody being there. Use discount code PINTS if you want to save 15% off of your Mobile Tech Expo administration, and we will see everybody at the community pub, Dustin, this is what'll be fun for you. Here is the virtual, right? But the community pub all started with a pint night. That's how I got started going into the industry and mobile tech absorbed it a couple of years ago and it's now called community night. So we'll all go in, we'll enjoy some community. Uh, we'll enjoy some beer out of these silicone pint glasses and uh, have a good time. I mean, it, it really is a fun moment to just hang out and drink some beer and get to know anybody and everybody. Oh, for sure. For sure. I am really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to be a great time and uh, mobile tech, man. I, I feel like the, the detail presence there is just incredible versus SEMA. You know, we're kind of a small fish, you know, large pond. No doubt. All right. So we had a pretty good conversation last week off of, uh, off of a discussion that you started and it, it journeyed throughout the whole uh, episode. And it was a lot of fun talking about pricing. I mean, what'd you think of everything the way it went? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think there was some uh, really great information there and just seeing uh, the different sides, you know, uh, some of us still enjoy doing interiors and others have ventured off into strictly paint correction, PPF and coatings. And uh, you've got to respect both sides of it. And uh, just, just see where everybody's at. It's, it's also interesting to see how different parts of the country and the prices can fluctuate. And, you know, when, when you hear the question that people ask, you know, what should you charge? How, how, do you think that after that conversation, you've, you've thought about that question a little bit differently? Um, man, I'm still... <laughs> Even after that question, which we see it every day in all the groups, um, I, I still stand firm on where I'm at, you know, uh, my beliefs from last week. Um, and that's just because I've been through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've had cheap prices, and it didn't work out well for me, and I've failed, and I've succeeded. So if I can shed some, you know, advice to the detail community, so that maybe they won't have to go through what I did, right? Um, and I feel like with some higher prices, you, att you attract a, a better clientele. Um, so with that, you know, those, the, the people who don't look for the cheapest prices, typically they care a little bit about their vehicle. Um, you know, and then you're not rushed to make a buck, right? Um, so if you get paid what you're worth, you're not rushed. You can take your time and complete the job and and be proud of the whole ordeal from payment to service, right? All right. But so that that quote, I love the quote because it's fun to play around with, right? I, I used to talk about it a lot uh, as that saying became more popular, you know, know your worth. How do you determine your worth? I feel like as a business owner, 
which gosh, we're diving down a black hole here. <laughs> I mean, we really are. Uh, you know, cause you've got the car wash guys that say they're detailers and then you've got actual detailers and I hate to be that way because dude, I'm tough and I sound like, like, excuse my language, but like the biggest douche on some of these Facebook groups, but it's really because I want to give out helpful advice here. <laughs> so, um, knowing your worth, I feel like you just need to stand back and look at your profits, your losses, and understand what you need to make in the very end to make it worth your while. And those super cheap services, man, I, I just don't feel like it's sustainable. And everybody's got a different opinion. But when I look at my opinion, it's like, man, I, I've done the work. I've seen the failure and I've seen the success. So it's super cheap prices, man. It's, it's tough. Unless you're doing really high volume stuff, it's tough to make a sustainable business. Okay. Uh, Brandon, what about you? We were talking about last week's discussion and, uh, and, and then the theory came up, which is, is a fun one is know your worth, right? So how do you determine your worth? Uh, just depends on what you want to make, I guess. I never really went by that saying, but of course you, as a business owner, you know what you want to make off each job. So it depends on what you want to make per hour, what you want to make per job. I don't make the same hourly as I do every job. So I make a certain amount of money doing a paint correction. I make a certain amount of money doing a coating. I make a certain amount of money doing an interior cleaning. Um, it just depends on what you want to make for that job. I had a guy uh, in one of the groups this week, we were chatting back and forth and I clicked on his profile. It turns out he's a, a national sales rep for a coding company. And he talked about how it was sad that the market determined the price and not the detailers of a coding. And of course they are trying to push a very high, high price for a coding install, right? Like that's, that's their premise. And I, I sent back a message and I just said, you know, I just want to clarify something, man. Like, are you saying that the detailer should tell the market what the price is going to be and not the market telling the detailer what they're willing to pay? Question mark. Right. Like he hasn't responded, but, you know, I want to toss that out to you guys, because if you're going to quote unquote, know your worth, if you're going to set your pricing how do you do it? Is it simply just on, which, you know, could be just on what you want to make per hour, but then how do you also look at, you know, cause I might say I want to make 200 bucks an hour, right? It, is the market, is the customer base that's around in your area going to pay those prices is a lot of what I was, you know, hoping that this sales rep would, uh, would go ahead and again admit to him saying that a detailer should force pricing onto a, a, a market. I'm from the other side, right? I, I think that the market would tell a detailer how much they're willing to pay, but I would love to know your guys, you know, approach to that because Dustin, I think the way you're saying it is sure. If you want to stay in a market that has these X type of cars and only has this X type of, you know, revenue in their, household 
So in order to go to another customer base, you should set your pricing to to lure or to basically to market to a new customer base. Is that not still the same thing that you're allowing the market to determine the pricing? It's just a different type of market or what are your thoughts on that? So interesting. So I think the market definitely has some influence on what you can charge, right? Um, however, uh, somebody very respectable in the detail industry uh, made a comment in the detailing for money group this week and said, you know, he'd love to see detailers band together and, uh, you know, to increase their prices so they're more respectable in the market. So it's not just a, you know, race to the bottom and cut everybody's throat. So I think if detailers learn to respect themselves a little bit more and focus on building a professional company and learning what prices they need to charge, um, it's going to influence a couple of things, right? Uh, detailers will be more respectable. Um, you know, they're going to build a more sustainable business. And the market's going to have to go one way or the other, right? The market would, uh, how much influence is the market going to have if everybody raises their prices? Okay, but then would they just go, this is great, it's a great tossback, right? If it gets too high out of their price range for what they're willing to pay, what, what is their alternative? And they're the customer. Would they not just go down to the car wash or to that guy that's, the lower price? I don't know. Brandon, thoughts? Well, yeah. Um, I don't think it, it'd be a lovely world if we can get everyone on the same page in anything. I'm, I'm right-weighted. And, uh, but I don't see that ever happening. There's still going to be that guy that says, hey, all these guys are high and I'm going to do this really cheap because what I found is I, I'm not the guy who does it cheap either. I'm not by any means, but there are clients that need that service. So yes, I market to the high-end clients that pay for the higher-end job. Like you said, go off marketing more as a professional business, but there's hundreds and thousands and millions of people that need that quick, cheap detail too. So there's always going to be a market for that. So there's going to be businesses for that. And then there's going to be businesses marketing towards the higher-end coatings and corrections too. It's just like Marty said, the market dictates that because there is a market for that cheap $50 detail. There's also a market for the high-end detail. So it depends on you as a business, which one you want to be. Wow. I, I agree there. I 100% agree with that. Uh, I've been saying for years, I wish everyone in America would band together and not buy gas for a week or two to drop the price, but it will never happen. <laughs> it will never happen. <laughs> Dustin, I mean, so... I know it's uh, it's kind of beating a dead horse or, or beating a <laughs> a lame one in a sense of trying to figure out that thought. But I mean, how, does is it the market or is it the detailer? I mean, it, do we have a clear answer? Man, there's no clear answer. Let's be honest here. It, it, to be honest though, like it it could people could follow it. So like with mechanics, like I come from a mechanical background, they have like Mitchell on demand. So someone like, say, the IDA or something like that, they could create a system that kind of guides everybody's prices. So that way people aren't charging $10 an hour. They're charging 65 or whatever it is, 95 whatever the case is, whatever the generic is. 
So, I mean, there is options to do it. It's just somebody has to basically put foot to ass and do it, right? That's cool. Darren, uh, introduce yourself, man. I, I don't know that I've seen you on before. I'm glad you hopped on, man. Hey, I guess, yeah, I kind of came in here with some heat, I guess, eh? Um, yeah, so I'm Darren Darville. I'm from Brandon, Manitoba in Canada. I own Resurrection Auto Detailing Tint and Protection. We started in 2018, and now I think we have a pretty large facility, I guess. I got like a staff of eight or nine, something like that. Started out mobile and kind of grew from there, so... Cool, it's man. Good. Congratulations, man. Thanks for hopping on. When Thanks. when you look at this, the question that uh, we were tossing back and forth is, does the market, right, what people in your area, what they pay, does that determine what a detailer should charge? Or does a detailer mandate to the market what his value is and what they're going to get for the pricing? Well, I mean, I think, like, if you leave it up to your customers, your customers are never going to pay you, right? Like, I mean, everybody wants something for free. So they're, they're going to say, oh, I think this is worth 10 bucks because I can do my driveway on a Sunday. Well, they forget that their time's worth more than 10 bucks, right? So I think, honestly, I think you have to sell yourself to the customer and then sell your service from there. Like we are probably one of the highest, um, we probably have the highest prices. Like we're like elite where I'm from and we're only in a community of like 50,000 people. Community. And I mean, it's really only summer for about four for uh four months out of the year right so um we're pretty elite and then with that once we came out and we started getting busier and everybody's seen like our success and stuff like that everybody's prices kind of followed with it because they're like hey if they're charging that we can charge that even dealerships started following our prices and we already know that dealerships like always undercut us right so even dealerships started following us because they're like oh well if they can do it we can do it right so even the dealerships around our area they went from a negative sitting in the red to actually earning income off their their detail departments, which I think is huge, right? So I think as an industry, if we all start walking to what we're actually worth and making money, then I think we can do it. But I, I firmly believe that like there's a fine line between mobile detailer and then in-house large shop detailer, um, I guess like elite, right? So mobile detailers have less overhead. So obviously they're gonna charge a little bit less. They're also using customers water, electricity, whatever the case is. Um, so you gotta kind of figure out how you're going to build that out and how that's going to work. But I think, honestly, I think the IDA would be awesome to run that and be like, okay, hey, this is what I think the prices should be. And I think once that's out, it's super easy to sell something for a high price. If you're like, you know, like I'm ceramic pro certified. So I'm like, Hey, sorry, I'm MSRP pricing. So I can't really, uh, I can't cut that price for you. It just is what it is. Right. And then customers are like, Oh, okay. I, I get that. And then they move on. So if we're like, Hey, we're IDA certified, so unfortunately, like this is our price. We can't really change that. Most people are going to be like, "Oh, well, that that's cool," and then it creates like a creates it as a trade rather than just a job, right? Which I think is huge because you can make a good career. I've been doing this for seventeen years, so you can make a career out of detailing if if you want to be good enough. So, so Darren, you you mentioned the IDA, and I'm listen. I know I, there's sometimes that people have sent me messages and been like, "Hey, man, you're awfully hard on the IDA. Aren't aren't you in it?" I'm like, "Yeah. I mean, I'm a." I'm a skills validated guy. I, I'm a RT. I, you know, I can train people. I, I'm on board with the IDA, right? I, I'm a fan. I, I, but, you know, do you think that the association could get that done? I think if they wanted to, they could. 
what basically what I think needs to happen is there needs to be a central hub. So Mitchell on demand is huge for mechanics. Literally any mechanic you go to, you're gonna ask them how much is this to repair? Whether it's a tie rod end or a full engine, they're so you're gonna say how much is this to repair? They're gonna go on Mitchell demand. Mitchell demand is gonna say, okay, so in order to repair that it's 17 hours it might only take them four but they're billing out for 17 hours whatever their shop rate is 90 120 whatever it is that's how they bill it out right every single mechanic does that they don't just sit there like a lot of the detailers and they're like well a detail takes me five hours so i'm gonna bill it for three and then i think i'm making money so you know what i mean so that's where i think like we need to have like a central hub where everybody can kind of be like okay a detail should relatively take this long if you're certified and you understand how to properly and you're trained to detail in that notion, right? So, and in saying that, like I have staff members that take five hours on a complete detail, I can do it in, you know, two and a half or three hours, right? And when I say complete, that's inside, outside, generic cleaning. So um, there's definitely certain levels and stuff like that, but I think that would add a lot of value to the IDA because I think the IDA kind of loses value because they don't do stuff like this personally. I uh, completely agree, man. I, I wish that there would be more, right? Like I think most people do. Um, do you think that it would actually increase people coming into the industry? Like, do you think it would grow the industry or do you think that it would still scare people off because, you know, the question has been asked, which is a, a fair question. Nick is a, is a big proponent of this side. It, in a, in a good question back is, you know, we're still scared to go to mechanics at dealerships. It still doesn't mean that there's shady mechanics. Still doesn't mean it didn't really to us. I don't think as a consumer having a, you know, a set, they've got multiple testings and multiple things that are much hold a much more certification level years. Sometimes does still mean that it creates a bad plumber or a bad electrician or, you know, once again, we go back to the dealership world, you know, like you're still going to be fearful of taking your, your, your car to a mechanic at a dealership. It just happens. Yeah. That being said, I mean, not everybody's going to be perfect. Right. But at least it holds a, a line. Like I'm not going to let an uncertified electrician work on my house. I got four kids. I'm not going to take the chance of somebody doing something wrong and not being held accountable. Right. So when I feel like if you're, if you have a central hub and then you're, I'm not IDA certified, by the way, just have, like throw that out there, but I would probably be more up for it if it was like, hey, here's a central hub, here's an opportunity, and this is how you guys can make this kind of money by saying, hey, we're like IDA certified, this means we've gone through the trainings, and um, we are certified to do this line of work, right? You kind of... What if the, the number they pick is lower than you want? Hey, what's that? What if the number they pick is lower than you want? it could be right and like realistically because isn't that a hard part is like they would have to pick a number that is good for brandon you know is, is good for dustin is good for you is good for me like it would be a hard number to pick i would think it would be but you know what honestly like if you watch like detailing for money for example and then you're like you always see the same generic question how much should i charge for this almost always. everybody that says hourly they're probably in between and Maybe I'm wrong, but they're usually somewhere in the neighborhood of 55 to $80 an hour, typically for detailing. Um, your paint correction and stuff is a little different, but they're usually in that neighborhood. So, I mean, like you could almost have it generic like that on maybe skill level or something like that, possibly. 
John, I'd love to know your thoughts as you've listened in. What are your thoughts on there being a, a main hub, like an IDA that controls pricing? You know, I, I go against the grain. You know, I don't like anybody controlling anything. You know, I, I think that there should be a standard um, and, and, and it would help, you know, reduce in, you know, certain, certain areas, but there's always going to be the cheaper guy. There's always going to be somebody there, but even if we have a certain standard, it's, I, I think it can hurt us, you know, in those levels because everybody's region is different. You know, um, you know, I, I hear the complaints of, you know, all the same thing of, you know, Oh, you know, the area is cheap, you know, the area doesn't have money and this and that. But then like certain areas that I, you know, surrounding where I live, you know, they may be cheap, but then I, I literally watch very expensive cars pass by me every single morning and get right on the highway. So it's not that it's there or not that it's not there. It's the fact that they don't know that you're there. And sometimes when they're just a deal shopper and they're looking for numbers, it doesn't make a difference. I can, I can have every certification there possibly could be. And at the end of the day, um, I, I just, I don't believe that anybody should be able to regulate it. I think there should be a standard to make it um, across the board because one thing the pandemic did, at least where I'm at, um, is usually detailers fade out because of the heat and then kind of come back in a little bit. Um, it created a crap load of them. And the difference is, is one thing I've learned in this past week, being in the chemical world as well, um, is that it created some real big assholes that are holding it close to their vest going, oh no, that's my customer. I get it's your customer. And my philosophy is if you take care of your customer right, they're not going to look to go somewhere else. Um, but I don't know. I just, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer or a bad answer. It's just one of those that I just, I think that if they set the standard, there's always going to be somebody that that's never going to follow that rule and, and always going to change it and be. Well, it'd be a good question. I, I'm, I'm glad it's brought up. I, I've reached out to him, you know, as we're going to have a stage at mobile tech, I've reached out to him about an episode to do together. And one of them that I've, I've talked about is to, to answer some of the questions that we constantly hear. And like, let's get somebody that can go ahead and take the, if, if they think of it as a punch to the gut, then, then to put somebody in the ring that can take a punch, like we, we, there's just answers that need to be given. And I think that's my, my deal is I just would love that there'd be some actual answers out. That's all it is. I think if there's just answers one way or the other, it would, it'd make everybody feel a little bit more of a community on that side hey. instead of it just being that piece. So yeah, communication. Yeah. So Marty, the IDA, here, here's a few questions I'd like to toss back and forth. When I think of the IDA, like I, I'm not IDA certified. I, I've thought about it, but what is, what's the benefit here? Like I, I've been in this industry for quite some time. And I think there are many ways to, that the, that the IDA could be better. But when I heard uh, Masterson say that he offered to do like a training in exchange for an IDA membership and they just <laughs> basically told him to F off, <laughs> like that was, dude, for me, I was like, you got to be kidding me. The first, if I was the IDA, the first thing I would do is reach out to uh, some real mentors in the industry, like, like yourself, 
Uh, we'll say for Monty, you know, Masterson, who causes a stir in the industry, and I love it. You know, some of your top guys and give them some benefit, whether it be a, you know, a paycheck for the year, you know, like a sponsorship deal. Like, hey, we'll cut you X amount of money, but we want you to be on the board for the IDA and shine some light of how it would be beneficial to become a member of the IDA and then, you know, put out some extra knowledge uh, to try to benefit the industry because most detailers have no idea who, who or what the IDA even is. Uh, I mean, that's my personal opinion of it. I because they're just cleaning cars. <laughs> I, I, I guess they would say they have that because they have a, a, a board. You know, they have these different groups that you can go into and help. You know, the big thing for the IDA, what they say is it's not what the IDA can do for you, but it's what you're going to do for the IDA. And it's, it's a wonderful quote from somebody that's very old that, that put it out a long time ago. And it seems to be that, you know, that is just a mainstream theme that continues to run. Like, but as detailers continue on their business, they always ask that same question. Well, what, like you asked. What is the benefit of the IDA to me if I'm going to pay? And the answer seems to always be, well, that's the wrong question. You should just ask what you're going to do for the IDA. I, and it's just, it's very confusing. I, that's all. I, I mean, I don't, all, I'm not biased one way or the other. I, I would just like a different answer. It's, it's on that same level of uh, if you've got the three B's on your vehicle, that makes you more of a reputable company. It's, it's, it's such a gray area sometimes, yeah. you know, it's the consumer standard of, of if the consumer understands what the IDA is, uh, maybe just that stamp of approval of just, you know, makes them, you know, okay with investing a little more time. I, I, it's, it's very much a gray area. Yeah. Brandon from Tim's, I know you had questioned whether or not you wanted to continue your, your membership. Uh, how did you evaluate it and did you find value or not? Um, I did not re-up my uh, membership for this year, but I went through the whole certified detailer thing, uh, took all the tests, got certified, um, and the skills validated. Like, they're, they're all so far away. Like, I couldn't take, you know, a, a week off to go do that. I didn't see the value in it, for one. And, you know, I've got literally nothing from the IDA that I can – you know, hang my hat on. So I, I really don't see the benefit in it, honestly. If you do want to do it there, there is a, at Mobile Tech Expo, there will be a, you can get your skills validated, which is the uh, the times that I did it. Uh, when I uh, got my SV and then when I've proctored SVs, we would do it there at Mobile Tech. Derek, as a, as a guy that is kind of in and out part-time, uh, but full-time into a business, uh What's your thoughts on the IDA? Uh, kind of the same thing when Brandon said. Um, I know I was like a little, like when I went to mobile tech uh, last uh, 2020, I was a little nervous because I knew, I knew, I thought uh, you guys were going to be asking, oh, you should join, you should, you should, you should re-up. And then I, I watched the, the guys doing the tests there. They had like a whole bunch of cars set up and they were, they weren't really, because it was inside of a, uh, you know, like the arena, you couldn't wash the car, but they're like, oh, Hey, we're going to wash the car now. Then they would have the guy go around and spray. And so I'm just looking at these guys going like, 
oh, I already know how to do all this stuff. And, I, and then I think I was talking to you and you were like, listen, like, it's not, as long as you, if you've been doing it, so you could definitely pass and get it. So then it was the same thing. It's, it's, I don't know. I never really see any value. A lot of the stuff that I've seen, like I'm on the emailing list where they send you like, oh, we're going to have this training. They used to do a lot of them. They haven't done them a, a ton lately, but uh, like Randy Doyle does and like Phillips was doing them. And they're like webinars. You just sit there and, you know, listen to the someone talk about a subject or something. Um, a lot of that stuff, I mean, I could listen to a podcast on or go on YouTube and listen to. So it's like, oh, do I really need to pay the a hundred, I don't know, I think it was like $125 a year or something like that. So I was just like, ah. So I never did it. get informed by a bunch of emails. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like what Darren was saying a little bit where it's, I, I, I get this, like to get like a standard, but there's so many, like detailing is like almost like an out, it's an outlaw game. It's like, there's so many different people doing it. I mean, it's such an easy barrier of entry that like, it'd be so hard to do. It's kind of like, like mechanics. I think it's a little more controlled, at least my opinion, unless you got those backyard mechanics doing stuff for you. My buddy fixes my car sometimes, but like, <laughs> I feel like it's, all, but you know what, you know what I mean? Like, like it's a little more controlled versus like, you know, anyone can go, I mean, you technically can go to Walmart and buy your tools and fix your car, but this, it's a little. Be, yeah. But this would be an interesting question. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you pick your mechanic based on his credentials that he's got on his wall? Yeah. Or the amount of grease on his hands and on his pants. Grease, man. For me, my buddy, my buddy does all my stuff, man. He is like, hey, I got you, but he's, but he's a mechanic, but he does body work. And he just like, he just knows what he's doing. Like, he's good, but he, he, I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's got the plaques in his garage, but I haven't, I haven't gone looked at him at his shop. I don't know any better. Well, with with the mechanic thing too, yes, they're centralized and they start by looking at an hourly rate, but you still have, like completely opposite end of the spectrum and they're all looking yeah. at the same thing you have like a quick lube that you shouldn't trust bringing your car to and then you got a high-end speed shop that you should trust everything to and everything in between so there'd still be that cheap detail and there'd still be that high-end detailer and everything yeah. in between it's just a damn comfort blanket that's all it is you know suck your thumb and, and make you feel better because someone's got a bunch of a walmart frames on the wall making you feel better i mean at, at the end of the day i don't care that's exactly what it what it is it, it you know if, if the customer tells me i do a great job and and calls that's me back negative, i tell you that is the biggest high in the world and i take yep. that because um i had this conversation many many years ago with my grandfather who taught me this business and, and this was a a one-armed old man that his business was called on the hook because he legitimately had a hook and he always told me he says i don't give a damn how good you are you're gonna make mistakes own them be done move on and accept it and the problem is is I, at least what i think is so i just met somebody who had the the god complex i'm ida certified i'm like really all right that's pretty cool he's like what is your validation my validation is i freaking make you know, enough money to uh, uh, feed my family. So have a good day. Get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> don't validate me. I don't need that, that pat on the back anymore. I, I just don't. And, you know, as much as I wanted to chase certain certifications and stuff like that with a previous job I had, I'm not kidding. you. I chased every certification I had and I showed up to an interview one day and the guy goes, and it was for the job exactly what I needed. I mean, I was the fit. He looked at it and he opened it, flipped it over and he pulled every single one of them out and he ripped them up and he goes, they don't mean shit. Let's go on the back. Show me what you do. 
holy shit, really? I'm like, he's like, I don't care what your paper says. He's like, because you might have taken that test 20 times, barely passed by. I don't know that you know it. So the validation becomes that they trust you. And I think with being, you know, BBB, IV certi- IDA certified, whatever, I think it's just a security blanket. Yeah. Well, would any of those customers know what the IDA is? No, that's no. the thing. I've asked them and they're like, I don't freaking know. I th- <laughs> Clean my car, damn it. I think the idea would to like I don't I don't know what their budget's like, but if they advertise more to like that like you said, like no the customers don't know. It's like I mean I, I've seen guys with the patches on the bottom of their logo and stuff, and it's like all right. Because they make money on maintenance. It's like our maintenance. If we make maintenance clients every single day, that's how we make our revenue. They get people like us to chase that certification just to wear that patch. Yep. And that the maintenance once a year. And if you think about it, millions of people out there getting it once a once a year, just so they can have that little patch. I, I know no disrespect to anybody because no. I, I am, I am, I am certified, and and I'm 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 not a hypocrite. I'm just one of those that I go against the grains because I really want people to think about it. That I step back and look, like, man, I'm going to chase the certification. Yeah, I'm still going to wipe my butt exactly the same way. <laughs> so it doesn't make me any better. So let me ask the question because I never went through the test. Um, I'm not certified, so. From what you guys are saying, it kind of sounds like it's another pissing match in the detailing industry. Am I wrong by that? Because the customer is not going to know the IDA. The only other people are other detailers. Listen, Brandon, Derek Derek mentioned it a second ago. Nick, this is something Nick actually put out in one of our episodes over over a year plus ago. And, And then we keep hearing that there might be something, but we never see results. And it's, you know, if the IDA would make a prosumer, right? Like they would actually go out and help bring in consumers of professional detailers. Oh man, it would be, the IDA could do whatever the fuck they want to do. Nobody would care because they're actually growing the industry. It's not just a pissing match. If you're actually marketing for people to use professional detailers that then wear the patch. And then it means something to have the patch on versus just a quote unquote pissing contest. Yep. Or yeah. Dick contest, right? Like, it's, let, let's be, you know, like, I got no problem with freaking saying it's cold outside. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. It just doesn't matter. If you I mean, do what you do and you're good at it, I, I will respect you. I don't care if you've been doing it for one year or 25 years. Um, I Every day I wake up blessed and knowing that, man, I don't care what kind of detail you are. I've had people call me and go, hey, you know, can you help me? Sure, I'll help you. I don't know you. I don't care. I will help you because there was times I didn't have help and I, I get it. And I reached out to other mentors in that world and they're like, I don't have time. You're going to have to set up a Zoom call with me. Dude, I just want your, your expertise. <laughs> and, and I'm not asking, I'm not paying a fee so I can talk to you. It just, because you got a patch. It's just, well, there's a great mentor program out there. I'm like, this isn't, you know, big brother situations. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sitting in an orphanage. I'm, I'm just asking for another way to do things. And, and sometimes I just feel that that's why I step back with chasing other certifications because I'm like, I just didn't get the help that I felt, or like Marty said, the support of what that patch was told to me that it would mean. It, it didn't mean nearly as much as what it was sold to me. 
is yeah, what I get. What I have noticed, uh, people around my area, people that are IDA certified, usually end up working for major detailing companies. So I don't know if that has anything to do for do with it. Maybe that's why it's worth it. If you don't plan on being a detailer, you plan on moving up. Maybe I don't know. So then I ask the question. I I I say, do you want to work for somebody? Or do you want to run your own business? I asked that for, same question. Brian, you talk about like detailers that have their own company and then start working for big manufacturers as like a rep almost. Yes, a great guy in my area. He's a really good guy. Um, he worked as a detailer at the speed shop that I ran the, that I did uh, the aftermarket tuning and I did the sales for. And he had his own company, he became IDA certified about a year later. Now he's the rep for a major buffing company. And uh, I, I noticed other IDA certified people around the New York area are working for companies now too. So I don't know if th that is kind of like the end to move up to that. Oh, uh, it's like who you know. Yeah, well, I don't know. So, so then, I mean, you're, you're asking in a sense, a different question is what is the association really for? Is it for the detailer or is it for the detailing chemical brands? I I honestly think it's for the chemical brands, if I'm, if I'm being 100% honest. But I don't know. I, I don't know if it's who you know, because like even like my 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 full-time job like that, it's like, you know, people that if you're buddy buddies with this person, when the next next promotion or next position appears, just because you guys are best friends, you're going to get it no matter what. It's like, so that's why maybe those guys joined the IDA and they networked a lot, became friends with certain people. And it's like, hey, buddy, you should apply for this position. And they say, oh, it's the IDA, put them through. And it's like, automatically you get it. So I don't, I don't know. That's just, that's just what I think, maybe. It's so just like, the way it appears, Derek. I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. That's, yeah, that's, that's the way yeah. it looks. That's the way like, it looks. You're not yeah. part of that club. It's like, woo, get out of here. The, yeah, you got to be in the club, man. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe the maybe the guy was had other other like Brandon was saying. I mean, he might have had other, um, sort of you know skill skill sets that allowed him to get the position. But you know, you start seeing other guys that have the IDA packs and stuff. All of a sudden, end up working for like all these companies. You're like, wait, wait. Well, well, the guy that did too is, was an amazing detailer. He had, he had mm. a great shop here in Syracuse. He did a really good job. So I don't know. It is interesting. Didn't mean to take up, uh, geez, almost uh, I'm sorry. 30. No, I, I mean, it, it's, it's good. good. I know. Darren up mentioned that can it. Of worms. Yeah, we, we just got to yeah. open up. A, we did. <laughs> uh, I want to see what's up with cooking with Nick. Uh, I, I love the beanie, man. Uh, I, it definitely got cold through the Midwest. You, uh, beanie is on for me. I've been wearing hoodies. Uh, I love it. Uh, What's cooking with Nick going on tonight? Are you going to try and match the salmon and uh, Brussels sprouts that I sent over? Or, or what are you going to try and do? I got gnocchi. I got chicken. I got a bunch of garlic. And I got cherry uh, tomatoes. And some mozzarella. All right. We're going to see what like noodle-ish type thing, right? No? It is like little balls of potato starch or like potato and flour. So it's like a potato pasta almost. Boil them up, like put them in a, in a pot of boiling water until they float, which takes like 90 seconds. And mm. then throw them over a skillet that's like real hot with like a little oil, get them a little crispy. Oh, mm. God, it's so good. All right, what are you so doing with good. your chicken? Grilling it. Ooh. Plain and simple. Grilled Salt, chicken, pepper. gnocchi, and what? 
cherry tomatoes, little baby tomatoes. I'm gonna toast those up in the skillet. Uh, oh, that's really good. Good job. Then add a little mozzarella and some pesto. All right. I like it. All right, I'm gonna mm-hmm. change, change, change. Wow, change subjects a little bit, but it's still on something that I heard Darren say. And it's a little bit in line of what we talked about last week. And then Nick and I talked on Monday is a chasm in the industry. All right. The chasm seems to be, as Nick had said, and it's something, listen, I mean, as, as I came into the industry on a national scale in 2016, 2017, opening up the podcast, very quickly starting to understand that there's some major differences in the industry. What's correction? What's an enhancement? Do you have to do all that work before you put down a protection? It's something even then I started discussing that came into a lot more of a, well, elevated discussion this year. And at this point, what we're realizing is that in the industry, there's began to grow two different sides. What we used to call a detailer and a car washer now is a correction and coding person and then there's everybody else so the detailer gets lumped in if you're not doing corrections and coding only you get lumped in with that car washer guy so there is seems to be a little bit of divide which now it's not so much that there's a right or wrong or it's an if or or it's just a is what it is which direction do you want to go you know which way do you want to be Either way is fine. We don't ever tell people how they should run their business. There's no blueprint, right? I always say that. There's no, here's a step-by-step guide. Now, something that Darren said a second ago that I'd love to know a couple of different people's opinions on because we have shop owners and we have mobile guys on is that's another part of the industry that it seemed to be that as you start your business, you start as a mobile detailer. And then as I would be out doing our certified trainings where we go into shops and allow people to come in and allow them to get full on experience, hands on the vehicle, education and training and get a certification, right? These moments, you would look at some of these mobile guys and they would just be looking around like, wow, what an amazing shop. I really hope that one day I can do this. And it seems to be, not seems to be, it majority is that the idea that you start as a mobile detailer, your next progression in the industry is definitely to get a shop. Some people don't want to do that. Some people do. We've got all different types here sitting today. Darren mentioned that there's mobile detailers and shop owners. So Darren, explain that a little bit more. And then I want to toss it around to a couple of different guys that have mobile. Some are mobile and shop. Some are only shop only. So you made that statement, give a little bit more background to it, and then we'll dive into it. You know what, what have you seen that's divided people from shop owner to mobile only? I don't think anything's really separated to be honest like when i was mobile i so i started in like i had a shop with somebody else in 2015 they ended up uh we'll say they were better friends with my ex-wife than i was they ended up cleaning me out 
So then it took me three years to rebuild. I was homeless for a little bit. You know, the whole story, I hear it all the time in detailing, but it was legit. I had a new newborn son, so I, I had to hustle. And uh, so I grabbed my cardboard box. The only thing I took was my polisher. So when I started, I only worked on hot rods and Harleys. That was it. I only polished hot rods and Harleys. As I went through, I ended up, uh, you know, you'd be at a house and then a neighbor would come over and be like, hey, can you do my wife's van? So then I started doing that. So then I became um, like a full-time um, mobile person. I got a toolbox and that kind of stuff, grew out of my cardboard box, you know, um, kind of moved on that way. And then what happened was it became October. So it gets extremely cold in Manitoba, right? It's getting to be winter. So I moved to my, I ended up finding a, just a two bay garage behind a tattoo shop. It was like a thousand bucks a month, 1500 bucks a month, something like that. So I grabbed that in order to continuously keep working and uh, feed my kids and stuff like that. So I ended up doing that and I still ran mobile and I ended up buying like an actual full van that I could wash detail uh literally do everything i sold products out of it the whole bit um so i could expand without expanding my business size like my building size um so i don't think there's really that big of a divide there's just a difference between if you come to the shop we can do a little bit more with what we have because everything's in-house but uh and then your overhead's higher right because you have you have rent you have staff you have maybe a receptionist you have computer systems that kind of stuff where mobile you can manage like one job at a time per per van type of thing right so i just think that the cost difference is different uh your overhead cost is different so when you charge 65 bucks an hour in the shop you're relatively going to make whatever say 30 bucks for a round number um when you're mobile you're going to be making say round number again you know you're going to be making 40 bucks um by the end of your detail that's the only thing that i think separates it that's why i think like mobile but then when you look at it too mobile could charge the same amount because it's a convenience thing right and we all pay for convenience we pay for skip the dishes we pay for you know uh whatever you're shopping stuff down there ours is called voila and i don't know some other one but like you're gonna pay for the convenience right you got to pay for gas you got to pay for insurance and i think that's the only thing that really separates us right is who's in-house and who's not so I really don't think there there should be a separation. I'm I'm sure there is. I just don't think there should be, to be honest. Uh, Brandon from Tim's. I know you do both. You know what's what's your thought, Darren? Thanks so much, man. Good explanation. I think the mobile is really the way to go. More than anything, we do more mobile jobs than I do. You know, in shop jobs. It's uh, I mean, mobile's just way more convenient for people. And I mean, that's you, you people are willing to most people are willing to pay for the convenience now, i do try to get as many people as i can to drop stuff at the shop like i only do ceramics in in my shop now i used to do a mobile but now i only do it in the shop but mobile is definitely the way to go i mean everybody's looking for convenience in their life nowadays so mobile is in my opinion the way to go uh noah i know you were on earlier we haven't quite seen you are, are you are you around uh yeah yeah i am uh, i just don't have my camera on i'm doing something but um yeah I, I started four months ago so i'm pretty young i'm only 17 uh so i'm like i'm very new to detailing i still have a lot to figure out so i was just tuning in trying to get some more information cool man thanks for hopping in are you mobile or are you shop 
Uh, yes, I, yeah, I'm mobile for now. All right. Why'd you choose mobile? Um, yeah, kind of what Brandon was saying, uh, the convenience thing. And, uh, but in my opinion, I think mobile is better just because convenience people like people like it when you come to them and it's not like it's that much harder to do if you're not in a shop. Uh, I'd say it's still pretty easy to do mobile. Okay. All right. Thanks. No, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you hopping in, uh, coming on to the community pub, Dustin, you're, you're shop guy, man. Uh, you hear the mobile guys saying it's the way to go. I uh, what's your thoughts, man. Marty, I, I'm not a total shop guy. Uh, oh. Dude, I have a five by eight enclosed trailer with a mobile detailing skid that I designed. My buddy's a welder. He built it. Everything's a hose reel, generator, water tank. And it is a GX200 Honda engine with a triplex pump. It's the perfect mobile detail setup. So I love mobile. Dude, summertime, if I'm detailing a car, I'd rather be outside, dude. It's awesome. I love mobile detailing. Wearing flip-flops? I wear Crocs, man. I got the camo Crocs, but, I, dude, I respect mobile. It's awesome. There's there's minimal overhead. But if you're a paint correction and a coating guy, having that shop, man, even if it's just something small like what I got now, you know, it's a, it's an, uh, I'll call it what it is. It's an oversized single stall shop with an office and a shower and a bathroom that I pay a thousand dollars a month for, but it's nice. Uh, but like I said, I love mobile detailing. However, having that shop, man, I, especially right now it's cold up here. I like the heat, uh, having that shop's awesome, but, uh, mobile detailing, if you want low overhead, you can make some serious coin. I charge extra for mobile detail. Um, so summertime, weather's nice. Heck yeah, dude. I'll run out in the mobile rig. Um, you, you can make some good cash there. One job to the next. Cool, man. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I just thought it was, sh was shop only. No, dude. I mean, I'm buying this new shop, which is, you know, big and, you know, got big plans for that. So that's exciting. But I'm still going to have the mobile rig. Uh, I would love to hire somebody to run that, but uh, we'll see what happens. But Noah, dude, you're 17 years old. If you stick in this, I would love to link up with you, man, on Facebook or something. Uh, kind of give you some advice that I wish I would have known at a young age. You can go super far with this, dude, and I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm actually very fortunate to have social media at my age because I can figure out a lot of things quicker at a young age and i can get i can get started i can get, I can get ahead in life and I, I'm, I'm grateful for that number one tip since you mentioned social media and figuring things out figure it out don't just ask for the answers yeah yeah like just stay the fuck off detailing for money yes detailing yeah. for more yeah. ones <laughs> yeah. Yeah. don't go on there and ask questions <laughs> Choose your mentors wisely. That, that's okay. my advice. Because there's a lot of people out there who put on a big front. And then I think behind the scenes, they aren't half of what they claim to be. Right. Uh, that's cool. Brandon from Shawshank. Yeah, I'm excited to hear all the guys that both. Um, I definitely want to shop, especially being in the Northeast. I can go after scratch repair 
a lot harder right now. I just do it for dealerships, but all winter I could be advertising the hell out of it. Hey, don't go to a, a body shop. Come to me. I'll save you lots of money. Um, but 80% of my clients keep telling me for the past few years when I wanted to switch to a shop that they want me to stay mobile because of the convenience. They love that I come to them. Uh, I take care of some collections. I go and take care of some, some of my clients I can't even take pictures of because they're kind of private, but they love that the car, because the biggest thing I don't think people ever advertise being mobile is insurance. The dealerships, the collections, those cars that I work on, they never have to move. And that is huge for the owner. Um, but I would like to have both eventually. I just got to wait till I can afford both. I personally want to shop, but my clients love that I'm mobile. Yeah. There's no doubt in the cold that, uh, if you're not working inside what we love about, uh, what was green clean and we've morphed it, it's, it's created a, a, a new with slick and, and making eco one, you know, we've, We've created a new way of being able to clean a car indoors and having that availability, you know, to be able to rinseless or, or waterless inside, Water. man. And when I have a customer and if you get the nice, right, like to everybody's point, right. Finding those big, finding those right customers and the ones that have the heaters inside of their garage, oh, <laughs> man, that, those guys are the best. I love those guys. Now, what people don't realize is that we still do stuff for them at 75 bucks for a mini detail. It is what it is, but they might have three cars and we're in and out in an hour and a half and made 150 bucks to 200. Depends on what, how many cars we're doing. Right. So, you know, I, that's why I always just love throwing that pricing discussion around. I don't know that there is one way. I think there's all kinds of different ways. There's so many different ways that you can run your business. It, it just creates a fun discussion. Nick, Cooking with Nick has his hand up. Uh, what's on your mind? So I got, I got a question for, for all you guys like here. So for those, those of you guys who know me, you know I, I work at a, at a Tesla dealer, and we do all of our details in a bay. Um, now I'm used to working in a shop that is air conditioned and heated and all the amenities you could ever imagine. And throughout my entire detailing experience, up until the last 20 minutes, I thought, oh, don't people upcharge for being able to do a higher quality in a shop? I've never thought about upcharging for, for the convenience of a mobile detail so my question is to you guys like what obviously have you guys thought about upcharging for the possibility of a, of a, of a better quality in a shop is that accurate and what if you just charge the same amount but said okay it's going to be this much because i can it here's the benefit you want convenience or do you want the, you know a better quality in quotes of a of a shop detail in an enclosed space, better lighting um, if, with like sun match lights or whatever. What are you guys thoughts on that? All right, I'm gonna go Brandon from Tim's first, uh, since you have both. So for the mobile, um, I started charging a gas charge or a travel fee to go, you know, once you get past a certain amount of time for me to get to your place, I'll charge you a gas or a travel fee or you could bring it to me and there'll be no travel fee. 
that's kind of how I've handled that. Okay, so exact same service, one has a fee and one doesn't. Yeah, so if it's over 15 minutes or so, I'll 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 charge them a travel fee, especially now that gas is you know three dollars yeah, a gallon fee? here. Mm. Um, usually it's whatever whatever the time that it, I'm just to, to pay my people generally. So whatever that that is, is that you know if it's twenty five minutes is yeah is it's usually somewhere between you know, thirty forty dollars thirty forty bucks depend, somewhere in that area just depends on kind of whatever if it's 45 minutes one way and then 45 minutes back you know we charge whatever that time is for you know whatever the, that, that wherever that truck runs you yeah. know just 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 for that because i mean if i'm paying on the hour and a half to drive and i'm not getting anything out of that you know at least i'm making my money back for, mm. for paying them for that time gotcha uh dustin also n- n- now that we've learned uh, you're uh, uh both uh you're a flex operation. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't know that. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, Listen, I'm I hear that all the time. I, I can't uh, believe you didn't know that. I'm like, God damn, <laughs> I tell you guys I'm not smart. Just, you know, <laughs> so, so I'm like Brandon. Um, I have a, I have a fee. I have a flat fee actually. Right now it's forty bucks. I have a mobile service fee stamped on the top of my service page on the website. Forty dollar mobile service fee. And that's, you know, that's within 15 miles of my shop. Um, so that's for me to come out and detail your car. My maintenance clients don't pay a mobile service fee. But if I'm coming out to detail your vehicle, uh, doesn't matter whether it's an interior, a showroom shine detail, or, you know, the ultimate package, it's a $40 mobile service fee. And but my, if you're on my maintenance program, you don't pay that because that's part of the convenience that I can offer people that jump onto the maintenance plan of, Hey, I'll come outside, you know, I'll come out to your house, wash your vehicle, uh, give the inside a quick mini clean. And, you know, that's that. Um, and that's when, you know, one of the perks of being on the, on the program. So, uh, yeah. So either way, when it comes to a detail, you're getting the same quality of service, whether it's in my shop or not but any paint correction and coatings, I require them to be in our shop. All right, cool. John. I, I, I love, I love mobile until, you know, until obviously it's 120 degrees out in Arizona, but uh, you know, up until recently, uh, I really, really wanted a shop. And then I was uh, kicked in the nuts and, and drug along by a community of that, that, no, not that. I can't that cheer long, that. Long <laughs> I can't cheer that community. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, Basically, you they, talk about they, getting kicked in the nuts, and then you say community. I'm like, yeah, God damn, I, I can't yeah. I apologize. Uh, um, by local, um, where basically we thought we had a shop basically lined up and making some things happen. We were gonna do some pretty big things, um, and uh, basically, little fucker uh, just kind of let us on to begin with, and and so we kind of stepped back and said, okay, fine, and that's not gonna happen. So we stayed mobile. With the mobile side, we keep our, our overhead down, which means our profit is better. Where I look at is if I can keep my overhead down, I'm able to help build my clientele, put them on maintenance, go where we need to, but also help bonus out 
you know, some of my, you know, employees, you know, I just, just hired a guy on and, you know, I want to build it up, but I also want to keep him safe, you know, because, you know, it gets hot as hell out here, but I also do, you know, paint corrections, PPFs outside, you know, all that stuff like that. But where I love a shop, yes, I would love a shop, but I think some of the people that have a shop and do mobile, they understand both sides. The people that only have shop, they don't want to go back to the mobile side because they built that, that shop side, at least from what I see. So, I mean, I would love to have a shop, but uh, I would love to have a shop because I want to, I want to build a community in the fact that I want mm. people to join. I want people to join, you know, um, the area, not just be like, you know, I want cars to show up because they're just, they're beautiful cars, like a cars and coffee type thing. You know, that's, that's why I want to shop is, is an area where people can come and enjoy their cars without, you know, it'd be like, you want to learn how to clean your car? Let's clean your car. Let's clean it right here in the parking lot. Let's, let's get going. And next, you know, it's Saturday afternoon uh, at my grandfather's shop. It'd be like 20 cars in the parking lot and I wouldn't know half of them but they all knew my grandfather and it was just one of those that it just became just a cool hangout. Um, so having a shop and being able to build and, and give back to your local community, I think it'd be awesome. Community. All right. So speaking so, of community and the amount I'm drinking, I'll tell you, I moved from the stone hazy IPA to the stone tangerine express hazy IPA. And I enjoyed that one. This Stone Fear Movie Lions. F yes. Yes. Oh, you like that, Derek? I love that stuff. No good. It's a bit boozy. It's yeah, it is. Five. So the the <laughs> first sip, I just go, ooh, like it just, it's just a bit much. I mean, uh, staying more in that six, six five, boy, eight five beer. Boy, it just the booziness gets you. You'd be returning shit you didn't even steal. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> That's what happens when you hang out in West Virginia too long and a guy named Bill from Doddridge County is making moonshine out of a radiator. Hey. It's when you're it's when you're pulling and drinking from it. That that's the better part. There's some stories behind that shit right there. <laughs> Dustin, all I know is if I come to West Virginia, sign me up for some moonshine made out of radiator. I'm ready. Right, right. Oh, we got the good shit over here, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited. It's 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 not that Tennessee crap you buy from the store. We we got that potent stuff that that game crap. Damn. Damn, Tennessee crap, like, huh? Tennessee yeah. crap. Next yeah, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring me that. <laughs> Hold on, Gatlin. <laughs> oh no! The mountains uh -oh. of Tennessee or the mountains of West Virginia, Nick? Which one wins? I've had neither. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm too young, man. I'm too young. I'm only 23. I need I, somebody. Please send me some moonshine. I'll be the judge. Oh, you've never drank moonshine at all. Wait, never, no, never, never. Right. Like I've had so, that. Like I've had that. Like like that bullshit liquor store Smoky Mountain moonshine. That's really just like 130 proof. Never yeah, had no, the real deal. Always wanted no. it. Never had the real deal. 
Nick, yeah, you going to Mobile Tech, Nick? See, end of January. When is it? End of January. January? Uh, uh, January. 20. Hold on. 20? Uh, where? The 26th. Well, 26th. Well, I'll, I'll be the 26th to the 29th. Orlando. Orlando. Orlando, end of January. What are the, What do you need to get in? Do you need, like, a business license or anything? Or is no. it just, like, no. admission and? Yeah. Yeah. Just buy admission, you can go right in. Okay. Nick, How much is admission? Nick, when they Nick, say they put go. hair on your chest, they'll put hair on your chest. <laughs> Nick, you got to go. Nick, no, How you got to go. We got an Airbnb. I usually yeah, cook for everybody in. It's a I great time. Year. Let's in do Florida? some cook-offs. Let's make some food for some guys. Let's oh, team up man. and make some dinners. You get some outside of now, man. Mo- mobile tech? Yeah. Nick, I'm, I missed Marty's cooking last time. I passed out the one the first night, but I he did cook. I saw the food afterwards. Were you the first person? You give me excited, there? man. You know what? No, I, I was tired of this. That's a slow one for me. <laughs> tired as hell. If I, I drive cost- down, I'm bringing some good stuff. I'll bring the good Ooh. stuff if I drive down. That's going to be Do fun. I need to bring the mini to Orlando. Yeah, bring the mini to Orlando. All right. I mean, we'll you, drive you could fly. It doesn't matter. You know, either way. Uh, Nate, look, I, I'm going to give you guys a little teaser here that nobody knows about yet. Uh-oh. If I have if I have a, a second car, <gasps> by that time, I'll, I will be bringing that second car. But okay. I can't tell you what it is. If you guys, if, when if it happens, I, you'll have to watch my Instagram because I'll reveal it there. But is it a mini Cooper Country? Now, I'm looking for it. Oh, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. It is British. <laughs> it is British. I have one in Hawaii. All right. All much right. You got me. <laughs> you got me, Nick. Let's go. Nick, it better be a Jag. Oh, oh, no. oh okay. Uh, I think I might be able to that. Aston Martin. Okay. It's an Aston Martin? Ah, it's got to be. It's, it's not many other British cars. All right. So, Nick, you're, you're confirmed. We just don't know which car you're bringing. All right, cool. Good to know. We'll have a little. I'll see what I can do. Well, is that going to be your Aston Martin, or is it going to be like a Turo Aston Martin? <laughs> I don't want to see that Hot Wheel shit, man. <laughs> oh, no, you guys it. know Turo where you can rent other people's cars. Yeah, yeah. Brent, Brent, so much money. I know. When you I will get railed if you if your car gets damaged, you are yeah completely screwed. Your insurance I, will not cover you. No, they but will not. Again, if if you're willing to take that risk, I mean, think about this: a forty thousand dollar car, and you put half down, and you're paying like six hundred a month on it. And you rent it out. Say, say in the, in this case, you you're gonna rent out a you're gonna own a call it an easy one a a a 06 Lotus Elise for you buy it for thirty thousand dollars, finance it all for about seven hundred dollars a month. You rent it out for four hundred dollars a day, which is completely doable. You rent mm-hmm. it out for two three times like twice a month. There's your there's payment. your payment. I'm happy once with a week. I'm looking at some it. sweet cars for MTD. Yeah, I, you when I went so to, much money. When Stupid I went to Hawaii, uh, that was the only way we could rent cars because uh, Enterprise and all didn't Stupid have the cars. So the first week we had oh. a Kia. The second week I had that Mini Cooper Countryman in, uh, on Honolulu, and that was on. Oh, yeah. uh, it was a year before they added CarPlay in on the Entertainment Center, so it was crappy. But it was fun to drive. It had the two liter. It was still hey, fun to drive. Hey Marty. Hey, and, and Nick, it burbled when you uh, when you go into first gear and lay off the, oh, gas, yeah. off the gas. It burbled. It was nice. 
Third gen, nice ones. Hey, Marty, can we have like at the B, B, uh, Airbnb, can we have everyone rent a sweet car? So like in the parking lot, it's just all sweet just cars. all nice cars. <laughs> you sit there. Well, remember we rented a Volvo last year. Does someone have a Volvo? I we could all pull up to MC like, like that. That'd be sick. No, Marty, Marty, remember that, Marty, remember that truck you had? Uh, Marty had this huge 2,500 uh, Ram. He's like, this is all they had. This thing was terrible on gas. Terrible. Oh, terrible. 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 Uh, That's the gas mileage I'm getting when I do uh, mobile with my Hemi. It's (laughs) It's the same overhead as owning a shop. God damn. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. You drive a big-ass fucking Hemi? Yeah. Mobile detail? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is a big expense. So the cool thing about the Airbnb this year is we're literally directly across the street from uh, from the resort. Oh, hell so yeah. We won't have far to go. We won't have far to go at all. Um, you know, especially after community night. Uh, listen, You're all not day Friday. Have to walk. <laughs> yeah, all day Friday, I'll be on stage drinking beer. And then we go out to community night to drink more beer. Like, yeah. I'm glad that we're very close. I'm glad we're very close. To so who's the, uh, all the going resort. on here in, in the mobile tech? Same. I'll be there. Who's all going? Yeah, I'll Dustin's going. Brandon, Brandon, Nick is. And we signed Nick up tonight. Darren, I, what I, about I, you? Are this. you coming from? Uh, are you coming from the up north? I'm trying, but it's so hard to go down there and come back. Yeah. It's it is. So hard. I'm trying. I'm trying really, really hard. I just got to convince Alex um, Russell to let me stay at his house. Maybe. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you might. He's coming. I think he said he's coming Friday and Saturday. Last time I was talking to him. Yeah, and Bruno's going too. So I would. I want to go because I'd like to meet all you guys and meet that, like, see them and stuff. But it's hard, man. We got a COVID test before we fly down. We got to be there we got a covid test before we can even get yeah. like back into the country and then once we get back into canada they can say that we have to isolate for 14 days in some hotel that they pick which can be like oh, three thousand dollars then i can get home and they can say that i have to isolate for x amount of days like it's not easy people are doing it like people are going to vegas and stuff like that like i had friends go to SEMA and they they got back no problem but it's just that you know it's it's just it's a lot of work but i'm gonna yeah. i'm trying my best i might be down there so Let's Sean see. from Orbis X is on. Uh, we we've been doing episodes together for a little bit, and uh, he he's talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 you're crossing borders. I'll have to yeah. see if I can get in there. Yeah. Where in Canada are you? What's that? No, right. apologies, John. I was I was gonna say yeah, John, you should. And then Brandon asked uh, to Darren, what part of Canada? Smack dab in the middle. I'm right in Manitoba. Okay. We're like minus 13 degrees Fahrenheit right now and full of snow. It sucks. It's terrible. Yeah, you're, you're a little oh. north. I'm, I'm very close to Canada. I'm in the upstate New York. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, you're right you'd across be closer the to like Ontario, Toronto. Yeah. Ontario. I'm like right above Minot, North Dakota. Okay. Is mobile tech vaccine, vaccine required? No. That's Florida. <laughs> yeah, Florida's Florida, okay. no mask. They don't give a fuck. I think the ticket's like. Yeah, I don't Hold know. On. Go to mobiletechexpo.com to look at tickets. 
Use discount code PINTS. You'll save 15%. And that's a, a great way to do it. All right, Derek, let's Where's, dive what's into that. Share, what's my share with uh, Airbnb? Uh, nada. Uh, Derek, uh, <laughs> let's dive into that uh, tab out question of the night. Now, John, we've never charged anybody to come stay at the Airbnb. It's just it's always something I've done. Just come, oh, let's hang yeah. out. You got a place to sleep. And, you know, as Brandon from Shawshank said, he's ready to drink some beers and just hang out. Derek, uh, he can attest. That's what it is. You know, we, there you go. we get oh. done. We cook food at the house and we just drink beer and hang out and chat. So we, we have time. Right. Yeah. All right, Derek, tab out question of the night. All right, guys. So this kind of goes along with uh, last week and a little bit of this week. Uh, but um, I don't know. I'm afraid to ask. So I want to see what you guys are going to say. So um, are you even a detailer? If all you do is totings and corrections. Okay. Uh, are you even a detailer if all you do is corrections and coatings? Uh, Isn't that already so explanatory? No, I know it's a bit heavy. I, I want to see. I, I want to see what you guys think. I like, agree. I think that opens up a lot of conversations. I'm going to go to our. Yeah. I'm going to go to our special guest tonight that hopped in, Darren. Uh, from uh, the great state of Quebec. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think you're part of the detail industry, but I don't think you're a detailer. I think you're a paint correction specialist, if I could throw go. that out there. Um, that's what I think, honestly. Like, I think it's like another tier of, of detailing, just like window tint or paint protection film, right? You kind of got your tiers going. Um, so I don't think it's, it, you're a detailer, but I do think it's part of the detailing family for sure. Okay. Well, thanks. Brandon from Shawshank. Yeah. I mean, he just said it's another level of detailing. That's why I would consider everyone in the level a detailer. Cause it's such a broad term. There's so many things in it. Um, I would consider anybody doing any of the services a detailer, but that's how I think. Cool. John didn't seem to have that same uh, reaction when the question was asked. So, John, what are your thoughts? So, a real good friend of mine that came from Michigan, he just moved out to Cali, and all he does now is just literally that. And I asked him that exact question just not so long ago, and he says, hell no, I'm not a detailer. I'm a paint correction specialist. That's it. That's what I'm known by. He's a, if I, if I have to do detailing, I will do it. He's like, but anybody ever says that I'm a detailer, I'm not. I'm like, okay. So I go by his words because he's damn good at everything he does. He's just one of those guys that just, he's just so good at it. But he just says, I was so done with cleaning cars that all I care about is the aesthetics of the paint. So he is a paint correction specialist and I stick by his words. He says, I'm part of the detailing community. Yes. He's like, but community. people who people call him no, not, and tell him all the time that he's not a detailer because all he does is polish and coat cars. So he says, fine, then that's what I'm not. <laughs> All right, Dustin, quick split. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with uh, you're more of a paint correction specialist, right? Uh, I, I like that name better anyways. Um, I feel like you separate yourself a little bit, especially where the industry's at right now. That's what I'm going to roll with. Um if you're not offering interior details, you've kind of separated yourself just a little bit. 
All right, man. Thank you. Uh, Brandon from Tim's. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, everybody else has been saying, you know, you're not a, a detailer, you're a paint correction specialist. If you're not doing, you know, interiors and, and maintenance, it is part of the detailing industry, but, you know, it's not detailing because if you ask, you know, probably nine out of 10 people, they're going to tell you it's vacuuming in the inside of your car and, and shampoo and carpets, right? So, I, I don't know. Is my, it? my take on it. Yeah, I mean, that's my take on it, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would put my paint correction skills up against anybody's, but I mean, you know, if you're not doing interiors, I don't think you're a detailer. I like it. I like it. All right. Nick from uh, cooking with Nick. He mentioned his Instagram. Listen, it's it's underscore grooms. Go there to check out different foods, recipes. You ever got a question about, Hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm about to cook this meal. I, I got this lady coming over. We got to cook a meal. Listen, Nick told me, yeah, me not, not everybody, not everybody knows it. Nick said that he's on demand. Like he'll shoot your recipes on demand. Yeah. Oh. He, he posts, he posts <laughs> the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you can find him on Instagram, he, he might send you a really great recipe. You can wine and dine and never know what happens on that 69. <laughs> Uh, oh, Nick, I'll help you out. <laughs> Nick, what's your thoughts, man, uh, on the uh, taboo question? I see detailers, the term detailers, as a very broad and diverse umbrella. Are you detailing paint? Are you detailing door jams? Are you detailing interiors? Are you detailing steering wheels? What are you detailing? And it's just, if you're a detailer, you can detail a million other things. And I think, in personal opinion here, to do a correction, they're going to have to detail the exterior because I'm not going to want a correction and my front grill to be filthy. I'm, if I'm going to pay for a correction, I'm going to want my, my cracks and crevices done with a little brush. I'm going to want my emblems clean and detailed. So I think if you're a detailer, you could be a million different things. So a paint correction specialist is a detailer. But detailing is a big umbrella. You're not limited to a detailer. You're just one little niche, and that's a very nice niche to be in, in my opinion. I like it. I like it. All right. I'm interested in this one. I waited till the end. From a 17-year-old young into the business, when you hear paint correction specialist, you hear detailer. Man, what? as you've gotten to the industry, Noah, I mean, what? what's your opinion? Uh, you know, honestly, I mean, a, a detail is a detail. Uh, I think you don't necessarily have to do the interior to be for it to be considered a detail because you know what, uh, Nick was saying. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I think. I don't think you necessarily have to do the interior for it to be considered a detail. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go at it with something that, you know, it kind of came out of last week's conversation. And um, my partner, Nick, and I talked about on the Monday episode and the chasm to us, the way we would define it, isn't a detailer versus correction and coding. It's a who wants to be a solopreneur and who wants to be a more of a, you know, running more of a corporate you know, running a business, right? Like running 
something that involves people. And the hardest thing to scale <laughs> would be corrections, <laughs> you know, would be that eliteness. That's the hardest thing to scale. And anybody trying to grow a company, it always has to do with scale and multiplying yourself into other people. And it's very hard to multiply a correction. Usually a quote unquote detailer only wants to be the guy doing the actual correction. So it, it, it creates a little bit of an odd, which is, I love the tab out question, Derek. And I love the stuff that Darren put out and Nick and everybody put out, like it creates a quandrum, right? It creates a, a moment where you question, well, what am I? I, I don't know. I, I would, I would agree that it, it's all detailing, right? I mean, to Nick's point, if you're going to correct a car, it's got to be dialed in. So, so you're a detailer, but then we go back to that question that we talked about earlier, right? Because if I'm lumped in and I want to say I'm a correction specialist, but then I'm lumped in with these detailers that a detailer could also do a $50 maintenance. Well, I don't want to be lumped in with somebody that also would be lumped in with a car washer. So it's an odd thing to think about, like a correction specialist, a detailer, and then a car washer. Well, we all clean cars. We all got to make sure the customer's happy. We all got to do everything we can to grow our business. Ah, great question, Derek, man. It's a, that's why we do these tab out questions to make us think, make us talk. You know, is it, should it be not a detailer versus correction or should it be a solopreneur versus somebody that wants to grow a company? I, I, I don't know. Brandon from Shawshank. Can I just ask one question on what you just uh, touched on? You said it'd be hard to scale in correction. But what I'm starting to see oh, after being in the industry a few years um, with the technology, the compounds, the buffing, how hard is it really? Uh, most of the new companies coming out, the people who have only been detailing for six months, guess what they're doing? They're doing corrections and coatings. So how hard is that nowadays to train somebody to do? Uh, listen, I think it's doable. Absolutely. I do. That's why we do certified trainings. Because I've been able to take people that have come out and gone, oh, man, I just started a couple of months ago versus people that started years ago, right? Like you can, right? And, and as you'll be able to see, going into a dealership to help them with products, going into a body shop, going into a, uh, a local shop that uh, has a detailer, maybe one or two, you know, going in and working with people, you'll find it's, it's across the board. I mean, it's, it's such a wide spectrum. But at the end of the day, can somebody be taught how to use a diminishing abrasive, a pad system, and a tool system and go through and correct paint? Yes, I do. I think you can train. Listen, the, the biggest account that I landed in a dealership world, about a week and a half to two weeks later, I walked through, and this is 
listen, this is back. I'm going to use the term cyclo. Not everybody understands what a cyclo is. Rupes actually bought cyclo years ago, but cyclo is a dual headed polisher. And that's how I started my training was to get them off of a rotary because that's all they knew and to using a dual action polisher because they could take anybody and I showed them, right? Went through, did training, sit there with everybody inside their shop. We went through and we, we, we completely corrected the vehicle. I walked through just to stop in, right? This is, it's part of what we'll go through as everybody progresses inside of distribution. Going back in and checking and walking through, meeting people, saying hi, doing all that stuff. And I walk through and I, I see some guys over working on this. And listen, I, this was literally nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago. So I don't remember the exact year. But the owner, his name is Greg Keck. And he had this. I want to say, I'm just going to throw a guess, a 72 Mercedes because they owned a Mercedes dealership as well as some others. And I think it was 72, but it was somewhere in the 70s, red Mercedes. And he now trusted these. And this was, right, 2011-ish, maybe late 11, early 12 when I landed that dealership. Back in those times, he trusted a $8 an hour guy to correct his 72 Mercedes. And I saw it happen and I walked by and I went, well, what are you guys doing? Oh man, we're using this tool. We're using like everything you guys told us. Look, it's coming out great. I go back to the service manager. I go, what the fuck is that? That's awesome. He goes, yeah, the owner came in. He said, all right. If it's all true, then here's my car. And I was able to see these $8 an hour guys correcting this. I mean, that's a borderline antique classic. That's it's a gorgeous car. And they fully corrected it and made it all beautiful again. Can it be done? Yeah, it can. You're absolutely right, Brandon. You're absolutely right. It can be done. So is that guy a detailer? Or see a specialist? See somebody in the car care industry? What is he? I don't know. Great question, Derek. Great question for the tab out. All right, Nick. Cooking with Nick, man. Uh, do you have any last uh, looks at the food? What, what are we seeing? Uh-oh. I know you okay. got your mouth full, so, you know. I, I ate all of it. Yeah, you probably ate it all. all. Right. It must be pretty good. I've ate about 90% of it. <laughs> this is the worst looking dish but in oh. terms of looks for taste it's up there it, it looks like barf but it's fucking delicious can, can we see the barf absolutely we can yes it's an audio podcast so we always want to look at the food <laughs> so everybody yeah. on uh facebook can it looks see like it. Barf. everybody that's listening to this yes. the audio podcast <laughs> it looks like barf, to- dude you can go back to the Facebook HyperClean store page, and this is where it'll be seen. You can see his uh, end result. I don't know, man. Nick, it did look good, sir. I mean, all right. The end result might be tomorrow, but, you know, we'll see. Look, oh, hey. no. No, I was going to go there. <laughs> I was going to go there. 
But you cook some massive ass stuff, man. So I, I, I bet it tastes amazing. It's That's good. cool. Guys, lie. thanks so much, Nick. Uh, always great to see the food. Brandon, good discussion, Thank man. You, man. You're right. It, it, it's interesting to know how far you can train somebody. And with today's technology, you know, therein lies the other question that so many quote unquote detailers or, or shop owners or mobile owners, whichever you want to put yourself in is, hey, if I train somebody to do the work, what will happen to them? Hopefully you can train them well enough and you'll get them a great spot to live and they'll continue on for many years that's my hope no i'm and thanks for hopping in and uh dustin always great convo uh love what uh love what you're doing there in west virginia john continue to stay hydrated as i see you're drinking a beer good to see uh what beer are you drinking i'm drinking uh angry orchard oh Never yeah. mind. Moving it's on. Really uh, it's really sweet. <laughs> hey, damn it. It's good. Oh, my God. <laughs> damn. He was like, oh, well, see you guys. Yeah, never mind. Just moving on. For a moment. Now I'm like, shit, I'm going out. <laughs> Angry Orchard, huh? That's yeah. your go-to? You like Angry Orchard? No, no, I just, it just, I, I love my peach wheat. Peach wheat is my, uh, my yeah. all-time favorite. Uh, peach, that one kind of, is good. I just grabbed it and it just tastes freaking really amazing tonight. So I uh, went with it. You're right. They I do. like Guinness. I do. <laughs> yeah. There. <laughs> I'm a pussy. What yeah, there's say? Brandon. Brandon's got his Guinness up and ready. Yeah, Guinness yeah. is all oh. Brandon's like ready to go. Like, bro, oh, but at the same time, John. I drink Angry Orchard here and there, and you'll be picked on for it, but it's funny because every hey. guy around the block is drinking seltzer. Oh, yeah, manly. Oh, I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Speaking of seltzers, I need to go grab one. Oh, oh, oh wait, seltzer Your time run, runs off. Marty, I picked up that uh, that Sam Adams box that you got. That uh, that's hey, a good so one. Great. That is I was, a good one. When I when I was gonna end this, uh, Brandon uh, from Tim's is on my. Uh, he's the last one as I go down, so I was gonna talk about that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. All right, you you grabbed a, a box. There's some different beers that have uh, enough of national presence that we can all start to drink together, and that would be fun. Like we threw out some different beers, and we could all drink them and talk about them throughout the episode. Brandon from Tim's uh, has graciously agreed between me and Derek that uh, he's going to host that uh, <laughs> that list. So if anybody has some national brands that they want us all to drink on the pub, Brandon from Tim's will create that list and he'll begin to put it out and we can uh, all start to get a similar, you know, if you can't get the exact beer, you know, do your best to get something similar. If you can't get that, hey, that doesn't really matter. But it would be fun to start trying to drink the same beer and see what we all think about it. So, Brandon, how do you want people to send you those suggestions? And then how will you put out for us what we're going to drink for the week? Um, if you want to send me a suggestion, maybe just uh, find me on Instagram. It's just Tim's Mobile Detailing. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess we'll maybe put it out on Hopper Clean Specialist, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's probably idea. the easiest, yeah. easiest place to get yeah. it. 
But I was thinking uh, for next week, uh, maybe we start with Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing. Oh, maybe just because that's my favorite beer. So that's good I beer. Just put in hey, nice listen, it. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? That's, I said I just I just put in my suggestion. Oh, okay. Oh, you sent him an ice cream. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I just got oh, the message from you. I'll check it out after we get off here. It wasn't. Uh, a, it wasn't a course light, was it? Uh, bush light. <laughs> bush light. Bush light. <laughs> hey, I mean, we'll we really should. The, the list. Like, I would. I would. You should do it. I would do it. Yeah, that's the thing about beers. I mean, we should drink some beers we don't like just to experience. Do it, not right? hate on bush light, or I will. <laughs> Reach to the phone and smack you. I'll, I'll do anything except for anything jalapeno beer. Marty, absolutely not, you, dude. My Marty, my Kush Life podcast that we record on Thursday nights. It's a local podcast here. The guy drinks Bush Light. I hate on him oh. every fucking night. Like, <laughs> like uh, good man. Good man. What, the hell, what the hell is a horse one? Proper man. Rolling Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, let's have a really fun one and everybody go grab some absinthe. Oh, no, no. No, no. I had some terrible nights. Terrible nights. I have to move that pub not to Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Darren, uh, thanks again for hopping in, man. I I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody go check out HyperClean Specialist on Facebook. That's where Brandon will put out the beer for the week that we're going to drink for the next week. And uh, look forward to next week, guys, as we all enjoy some Sierra Nevada hazy little thing. Well, listen, we all there's multiple of us here that love that. So it's a great one to start with. It's a good beer. Hopefully Noah's mom can pull for him. (laughs) No, 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 Noah's not drinking. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't think that'd be a very good idea. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not the way we roll here down in the United States of America. We are not promoting that. Yeah, at all. Our yeah. drinking age is eighteen, so you're good, man. You're good in Manitoba. Oh. You're fine. No, not yet. I'm still seventeen. You're seventeen. Oh, you're close. Almost there. <laughs> in two weeks. In, hey, in two weeks. In oh, Canada, man. it's good enough, right? It's yeah, just come, enough. come see me. Come see me in two weeks, and we'll okay. we'll make sure you're okay. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll be there. Okay. You may walk over, but you're gonna crawl back. <laughs> That's a good well, night. You have then. your COVID test. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm vaccinated, so I think you're I'm good, good to go. You're good. Yeah, good to go. No, he said COVID test. It doesn't have anything to do with vaccination, right? Like we know that. Anyway, I'm not going down that rabbit trail. Thanks so much. Uh, have a good night, and uh, we'll see you all next week on the community pub, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Hey, did you guys get anything out of that episode? I hope you do. There's a lot of great discussion. So go take time, value the time that everybody put out for you, and go leave a comment. Leave a review. Go share it to a group. Tag me in that. Because I know that there was a piece of this moment that you got out of it. And so if you got something out of it, do you owe it to somebody that should be in the community? And so go share it into a Facebook group and let everybody else know what you got out of this episode. You can go to the HyperClean store and share it from there or go onto the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast form, 
just go share from the podcast. People will really like to know what you got out of it and how it will benefit their company. Hey, this is Marshall from HyperClean. Make it a great day.